I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. In my humble opinion, thought leadership is for knobheads, specifically LinkedIn thought leadership. But at the same time, it has huge value if you get it right. But what used to work no longer has the same impact. What used to be an individual voice is now a sea of copycat sameness wow look at that so does thought leadership need the reset and do people need to be thinking of ways to break the mold i'm joe glover founder of the marketing meetup a global community that connects and educates over thirty-six thousand marketers in the most lovely way possible everything we do we do it to put the human beings we help first i'm richard wood i lead the marketing agency six and flow I've worked in marketing for around 20 years now, and I'm a massive believer that marketers should be trying to engage with people on a human level, not just treating them as leads and numbers on a spreadsheet. Joe, so this is that introduction was basically a not so subtle shot at you. <laughs> I, don't, I don't mean that, but so you were, isn't this whole podcast just like a not so subtle? <laughs> I can't believe you unearthed that so early in the series. Um, so, so both in you and I, I, I would say, are well versed in the thought leadership space. Yeah. As in, um, I'm not putting me in the same category. I haven't just posted a random photo and had 800 odd likes today. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> I know but, where this conversation is going already. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I, th- I would say we're both well versed in the mechanics behind thought leadership, and yeah. like I'm, I'm saying thought leadership is for knobheads in a very um, I, I'm aware I'm being a contrarian and I don't necessarily mean it like that yeah. but what I'm getting at is it feels like particularly on LinkedIn now we are just continually bombarded with a sea of parroting of the same messaging mm-hmm. stuff that doesn't have a lot of substance yeah. and is kind of then given that kind of echo chamber of like everybody starts to mold towards that mm. at the same time we've seen huge amount of value both of us mm-hmm. seen huge amount of value from being involved in that process okay. so that's that's where i'm coming from with this i do think you're in knobhead most of the times <laughs> and i love you dearly for it but the like that's thought leadership seems like it needs shaking up or a reset or or does it i mean that's kind of i mean the stuff that we've talked about doesn't have substance or like the post that you posted today. Yeah. Like we can go into what that is in a minute, but not a lot of substance behind that had some opinion, but it was more of a like sharing of an image and a bit of opinion. And that's got more than a lot of your substantial posts, Mm -hmm. substantive posts. And that's feels as the thought leader, Mm -hmm. you kind of like, Oh, for fuck's sake. Like Mm -hmm. I actually put effort into one of them. The other one's doing better. So, Am I still giving value? Yeah. Am I getting value from that? Yeah. I'm exhausted by it all. Honestly, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm so, you know, so you and I are massively overexposed to this space. So this is the first thing to say that, that we've been, I've been posting near daily on LinkedIn for like six or seven years, you know, like, and, and so that being my primary platform, but I, I see the same on Twitter as well as, as another example of a platform where folks do this. 
I basically use Twitter for trolling. That's all I use it for now. <laughs> Mainly for trolling me, I think. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> There's a select few. You're part of a select few. Uh, Congratulations. Privileged. <laughs> and I, I'm exhausted by it all, mainly because I'm confused. I'm confused why some things fly and some things don't. Because like you in the introduction, in that preamble that you've, you've just shared, I see things that feel like they're cut, uh, cookie cutter that feel like they're the same as anyone else, that are doing the same tricks as other people. And yet for whatever reason, you know, you look at their engagement and they're absolutely flying. And I think there's a bunch there. And I, I think it's, I think there's, there's things there about uh, comparison being the, the thief of joy. Yep. Uh, I think there's stuff there about uh, the responsibility of folks to sort of value substance uh, more than, than just this generic, generic stuff. But then I also think there's something which is about playing the game. And so at the beginning there, you, you sort of said, does thought leadership need a reset? And like the, the, the place where I'm sort of sitting between at the moment is like, do you try and beat them or do you try and join them? Or do you, do you sit somewhere in the middle? Because I, I don't think, to start off with, you know, if, if you're going to try and join them, you know, are you going to do exactly the same as everyone else? Well, for me, I, I don't think there's a logic in that because you're not building what is a brand. A brand, at the very least, is something that is distinctive. You turn up in the same shape often and regularly, and people know that by your writing that it's you. And I think that's something that uh, a lot of the folks who are using these cutty, copy uh, cookie-cutter things probably can't say about their content right now. Um, but if you try and beat them on the flip side then I feel the frustration myself from time to time. And I speak from a position of sort of committed to the platform for a long, long time. And, and I'm aware that some people might look at the engagement I get on my stuff and go, oh, that's really good. You know, but I, I have the same problem as anyone else. I look up the hill rather than down it. And, and so I look up at people who are doing stuff that gets a thousand likes every day. And I go, is it really that much better? Or are they just playing the game better than I am? And I think so often... Like, I, maybe this is jealousy, I don't know, but there's, there's definitely a part of me which is like they're just playing the game better because they're formatting it in such a way. You know, they're, they're posting things that, like, get an easy like or whatever it may be. The last element of this, which is just really, really interesting, is why are we doing it? You know, and, and so for me, you know, we've spoken about likes already quite a lot here. Um, but I think through like introspection and all of this stuff, then I've realized that my motivation for posting on LinkedIn is both internal and external. Internally, I get a lot from writing. That's like quite a cathartic thing for me. But like externally, yeah, the business benefits too, the community benefits. That's how we've grown a lot of the community. It's also how, you know, we'll get people come to me from time to time and say, oh, I've seen you post on LinkedIn, so we want to sponsor. So it's a revenue driver as well. So with that external stuff I, I don't think we can diminish the the value of likes and engagement and sort of say it doesn't matter because i really think it does and the reason why i think it does is because you see people who get lots of external validation lots of engagement on their posts and then they get real life opportunities off the back of it you know whether it's uh, speaking opportunities uh, i can speak as someone who curates speaking opportunities and i look at people's social following to see whether you know they're going to help advertise the marketing meetup you know that's one of the metrics and so this stuff matters we can't just ignore it and sort of say don't play the game and just do yourself 
And I think it has to be a balance, right? You know? hand, hand on heart, do you see likes as validation? Yeah, probably. Yeah. You know, like if I get a thing that has lots of likes, I'm like, yeah, that's great. You know, like less so than before. And the reason why it's less so is that I've turned off all my notifications on my LinkedIn, like within the LinkedIn platform as well. And so I don't see it unless I go into it. But if I get something that gets like 40 likes versus something that gets like 500, I'm going to feel better about the 500 than the 40. So hand on heart, there's got to be a difference but there, that, right? So and I don't necessarily mean that in a, like a vain validation sense. I mean, yeah. much more of like thought validation. Uh-huh. Because if you're, okay, so let's say your 40 like posts, you've actually put some creative thought into that. You've actually gone through, you're sharing what you think is something quite insightful versus... Yeah a snapshot image. So one of the ones you did ages ago, do you remember the teddy bears being thrown on the football pitch? Uh, yeah, ages yeah. ago. You yeah, got yeah. shitloads of likes. Yeah. Because it was quite an emotive thing. Anyway, yeah. there's not a lot of thought that's gone into that. No. No disrespect intended. No, no, no. But there's, and you've got that dichotomy there of something you've put loads of effort into and thoughts that you're sharing into something that is almost the exact opposite of that. Yeah. Like very limited amount of effort or creative input. Yeah. Then, if you're seeing that as validation, are we basically then, is the platform kind of pushing you, your thinking and validation to share more and more <laughs> shitty content? Maybe. Not shitty content, yeah, but yeah. like you like no, I stuff think it that is. doesn't have value. I think it is. No, I, I you know, I, I like that video, but like, I think there's nuance here because I hated that it did well. And so today I've got this exact same experience, right? So with the marketing meetup page, then we post regularly, you know, stuff that I feel like is really valuable we don't do a great job of our social media at the marketing meetup, you know, like, and that's, that's on me more than anything, but you know, we'll post a really, really valuable event that I think a bunch of people should come to because I think it solves a problem that they have today. I posted a picture of a Pringles ad, you know, <laughs> that I saw in the tube. That was like a bit of reactive marketing. And the thing that has flown is the, the Pringles ad, you know, and, and, and it doesn't make any sense to me. And, and like, so when that has happened, I take way less pleasure from something like that you know I, I don't like hand on heart like I don't take the same pleasure of getting validation from that 800 likes I in fact kind of hate that I'm playing the game in a way which I see other people playing the game and I don't understand and and this is it it's a confusion and it's a lack of comprehension why is that the thing that has flown when actually there's been a really really thoughtful thing elsewhere you know that is useful that hasn't done it in the same way and it's, you know. You remember ages ago, we did an episode talking about like our LinkedIn process or whatever. We talked about that whole jab, jab, crunch where yeah. you've got you've to balance the, the like fodder yeah. versus the thought stuff and then the asks and you've kind of got to mix all of that up. Yeah. I, think, I think what I see more of now is less, less strategic kind of process to that. Yeah. And that's, that's fine, but there's an awful lot of the focus tends to be more on the I'm going to say this one liner yeah. <laughs> uh, kind of uh, here's how I change the world type thing or here's how I view this and yeah. that kind of I would say watery um, philosophical uh, <laughs> element in yeah. LinkedIn it seems to be more of that and less around kind of the business focus stuff and it might just mm-hmm. be like the echo chambers that I'm in mm-hmm. I'm seeing less of it because some of the people who aren't the content I engage with and I care about because I like it is where people are, I wouldn't say it's like fodder, but it mm-hmm. is 
engaging in a way where they know it's going to be, be emotive or it's going to spark some sort of response or enjoyment, yep. but is still informative to a level. And I would say like peak person or peak account for that would be Dave Harlan. Yeah, yeah. The, like the dude's posts crack <laughs> me up. Yeah. But they're informative mm -hmm. and they are like they are designed to be tongue in cheek because that's who he is. He has a voice. Yeah. My problem with the whole thought leadership space is you have that cookie cutter of everybody is talking about the same thing over mm. and over again mm. without any differentiation in their voice. Mm. And that, that kind of, it normally tends to, so you will see who people I would say are actual thought leaders in the space. Mm. And I don't want that to sound disrespectful, but like, like people like Rory Sutherland mm -hmm. and those like, so people who are seen or like Seth, Seth Godin. Yeah, and yeah. all that kind of stuff. I would say you then, you're moving, those kind of people, you would then see maybe a few months after a whole wave of people parroting the same shit, but mm. without the voice and without the credibility. Yeah. And the thing I don't like is a differentiation. Tell me, this, you and I can say the same thing, right? Like yeah. as in, we both have a position on it, but actually what I want to hear is what is your take on it? What is your, what parts of that are you advocating for? What is your experience with that? What mm -hmm. is your spin on it? Mm -hmm. They're the bits that I think people often forget. And I think that's for me, we're like, we talked about this, where's the line between sticking to your guns mm -hmm. and like having your creative process, your actual thoughts and yeah. playing the game. Yeah. Playing the game will get you exposure. Yep. But actually, once you've got that exposure, what the fuck do you do with it if you yeah. are just like everybody else? Yeah. Yeah. So I think, yeah, that's that's where I have a distaste for it. And mm -hmm. I like, I feel like there's a there's something needs to be done to reset it. And mm -hmm. I think like, so I, I used to post every day mm -hmm. and some of it was, um, some of it was like kind of like, here's my tips to like that kind of shit. Yeah. Then I moved to being more... I would say it would more like like fodder, but in a way that amused me. <laughs> yeah. So like swipes at like Salesforce or like <laughs> making tongue in cheek jokes about things that I probably shouldn't yeah. on a platform that it's not normally seen done on. And yeah, yeah. that I did because it amused me yeah. and it, because it is a reflection of who I am, which yeah. has some value, but actually I was just messing around with it. Yeah. The stuff that I really like doing is LinkedIn live stuff. Interesting. Because it gets a lot of exposure, yeah. but also there's no there's no hiding in it yeah. there's no there's no kind of you get what you see it's not as contrived like yeah. i'm normally interviewing somebody else so it's not just me parroting off it's yeah. like engaging with people and the newsletter stuff like yeah. i i like both of those channels because i can be a bit more creative a bit more flexible and yeah. all of that stuff is always done with a flavor of this is me yeah. this is you get what you see and that's my tone of voice well that's you know that's a brand you know i mean yeah. like we personal brand is a horrible term but that's that's what building a brand is you know sort of having a you know i say it in every episode it seems like a consistent shape that you turn up in all the time you know and if people recognize that you come to mind when someone needs a product or service that is in relation to what you do you know and and, and that's all it is i mean what's also interesting there though is you've picked up on uh, a few different formats so we started off speaking about posts, yep. you know, and actually maybe, you know, this is a failing on my part, you know, that I'm, I'm craving substance from posts 
when actually they are short form. They're there to be digested quite quickly and easily by folks. And, and maybe, you know, an identify, you know, we identify that as an opportunity to do that quick and easy snappy content. But actually the stuff you seem to enjoy by saying the newsletters and, and the LinkedIn lives, those are opportunities for nuance and discussion and conversation. And you have like 50 minutes where you might have like, I don't even know how many words, you know, f folks speak in that, but yeah. it will be many, many thousands rather than sort of like 3000 characters. And so maybe it's, it's something about like just identifying what these different things are there for. I think the other thing to say is that like, um, Dave is a prime example of someone who entertains. And like, so the guy that, you know, the guy who sits there with the, uh, the Instagram videos, uh, and sort of says, we've announced like these new features this week and stuff like that. You know, like he was quoted ages ago sort of saying, you know, uh, Reels is there to entertain. Uh, Instagram is there to entertain. Yeah. And like, I think you've picked up on a really interesting point there, which is like social media really is there to entertain, you know, probably to polarize is it's probably another thing that it's there for. Yeah. Um, so, you know, if you are entertaining or, or indeed polarizing, you're probably doing the things that the platform wants. Um, and so maybe, you know, without meaning to sort of say that I post things of substance, I aim for substance at the very least, you know, maybe it's just, that's not what it's there for. You know, read a book, <laughs> start a newsletter, start a, a conversation theory, start a podcast, because that's where nuance can be accepted. But maybe these social channels, maybe that's just not what they're there for. I don't know. Um, you know, that's like, I'll probably change my mind tomorrow. But as we're having this conversation, it feels like... I think it's a great approach is honestly something that I've not really considered but not not discounted but just not yeah. considered is that actually you're right I mean it is short form it is sound bites of like visual sound bites it is mm -hmm. stuff that is designed to work will be stuff that stops you scrolling yeah. like it is a channel now where more and more people I see them if I'm on a tram or waiting somewhere people are scrolling their LinkedIn feed not mm -hmm. just through reels and shit like that anymore mm -hmm. it is short format content and the only posts i ever really engage with are from people that i know like you know that kind of um not a pity like it's not what i mean <laughs> but you know like you're you're liking it because it's the person not yes. because of what they're saying yeah and you want to help them have some exposure like that kind of thing um it's rare that i will digest anything that's only more than a few lines yeah. that is uh, like it it's rare that I will engage with a post that is long format now. I just won't bother reading it. Yeah. Whereas newsletters, if I'm signed up to a newsletter, I'm more likely to engage with it. If it is someone that I know or a topic I'm interested into, I will watch a video. Mm -hmm. I just don't think the content works how I consume it anymore. Mm -hmm. yep. And therefore, I feel a little bit fraudulent posting it the way I used to. Yeah. But equally, it's in this weird space of, I don't like doing it, yeah. but I know I need to. Yeah. Because so when, so at the beginning, leading up to the pandemic, I was doing it religiously every day, mm. like seven days a week posting. And it was following a strict kind of like jab, jab, punch. We did some recruitment posts, some like download our shit, like yeah. some of it, like here's our events, but then a lot of thought, not thought leadership, but like here are my thoughts. Yeah. And that off the back of that, we had, all for free, no charging, uh, no um, spending it at all. Millions of views, thousands of comments, thousands mm -hmm. of likes. Mm -hmm. And they, and like I got invited to speak at like five different conferences. Mm -hmm. We won, I think, eight clients off the back of it. All had had not necessarily first touch, but 
had some sort of engagement or awareness of what we were talking about. Yeah. We also used, so like the, um, the LinkedIn lives, webinars, podcasts, stuff that we were doing as well, we used to attract clients to like come and speak on it, like mm -hmm. um, use it as another means. Interestingly, when I was at Inbound in September, now I rarely post on LinkedIn anymore. I do it mm -hmm. sometimes and I will start doing it. Like one of my things is to actually put some more concerted effort into it. But at Inbound, I got introduced to a bunch of people I never met who and they're like, mm -hmm. this is Rich. You've probably <laughs> seen him talking on Inbound. He does nice. that a lot. And that's like, it's almost like the difference between paid and paid search and SEO search where there is that residual value, even once you've stopped, once you've built that exposure, yep. even once you've stopped, still starts to kind of like feed back into the mechanism. Absolutely. Well, people care so much less than you think they do, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, so you know, they're not looking out for your post every day, but they might remember something. I look out you... for your post every day. <laughs> <laughs> but they're, um, they're, you know, they'll, they'll, reference something you wrote two months ago that resonated or, or, or whatever it may be. I, I definitely agree with you. Um, I had exactly the same experience recently. You know, I went to an event for folks in the marketing industry, um, but had no other reason to know me having not attended marketing meetup events. Uh, but they went, oh yeah, I, I recognize you from LinkedIn, you know, and, and, and so it's a real thing, you know, it's a real, real thing. And, and so, um, but on that thought, it's an interesting one in that someone sent me a screenshot the other day of a post that I made like two weeks ago, you know, and sort of said, oh, I just saw this today. You know, so with LinkedIn in particular, yeah. it feels like there's a real opportunity that you don't need to be there every day. Um, you can just be there periodically as, as you have been. And, you know, it was, the content will still be served. It won't be optimal, but it will be, you know, there's, there's something going on in the background. It's funny, you can, you can tell where one of my real dislikes in the industry are LinkedIn coaches. Right. <laughs> sorry to anybody who is a LinkedIn coach because it is, it's the tactical stuff that typically makes everything seem the same mm. short format, make mm. it snappy, like single lines, spaces between the lines, use some emojis in this instance, don't mm. post non-native video, like all of these kind of things. Yeah. And it just, it, tars everything with like a sameness brush that's and that's and and quite often it doesn't actually work for what they're trying to achieve no yes you might get more views but actually what are you doing this for like and you yeah. mentioned it before like i do this on the basis of there will be some roi i mm -hmm. might not realize it for five years mm -hmm. but at some point like like you mentioned it got referenced that you made a post weeks ago yeah that's going to have influence on the overall roi if somebody's came to come to your event that mm -hmm. person might go on to um, put a job advert in TMM they might like be a sponsor you don't know no. and that's that's the value I see of this stuff and I just the, I think my distaste for it at the moment is that sea of sameness mm. Mm. no you know and, and so you know what can we do about that I mean what's what's, what's set the... fire to it <laughs> I don't know so I've come full I've I've changed my opinion a lot on this because like if you asked me two years ago I would have been like, stick to your guns. Doesn't care, you know, don't care what anyone else thinks. Um, just do you, you know, words to that effect. Be genuine. Show <laughs> <up>. <laughs> right, <is> that? <laughs> I'm never going to get bored yet. Yeah. <laughs> um, but actually, you know what? I, I, I've started and, and, you know, 
I don't know how this is going to manifest itself just yet because I, I don't want to go down the line of just posting for the sake of posting, posting for the sake of likes. But I think there's a there's a value in the balance. You know, there's a value in knowing who you are and building a brand of significance because I think that is ultimately the thing that you have to be doing on these platforms if you're going to see any kind of outcome that is beyond internal sort of satisfaction in, in the, the creative process. You know, if you're looking for that external reward, whether it's money or whether it's fame or adulation, you know, then then those are things that are going to require likes and engagement. So if that is the truth, then uh, start off with a place of, of knowing who you are, what the brand that you want to build, the outcomes that you want to get. The place where I've, I've started to sort of open the door just a little bit is being open to to playing the game a little bit more. And I kind of hate myself for saying that a little bit, but I wonder, I just feel like we have to play by the rules to a certain extent to be able to quote unquote get ahead. I feel really depressed depressed saying that and I'm not sure I'll necessarily follow it just yet because it, I'm, I'm still not in a place where I'm like, I'm happy putting out content I don't think is great. But I wonder how that will change over the course of time and just nod towards that direction. I honestly feel like every marketing channel goes through this process, right? Marketers uh -huh. are like, we fuck up everything eventually. Yeah. Like we, we push everything to the point it breaks. Yeah. I'm not saying LinkedIn and thought leadership is necessarily broken. Which yeah. I actually, I've spent this time <laughs> enough. Um, but like, if you think about like emails, right? Like there was a real distaste from a lot of marketers that email marketing becomes spammy, like uh -huh. people were just pumping this shit out. Yeah. But actually, done right, there's a real niche for it, or a real space for opportunity, yeah. right segmentation, right mm -hmm. messaging, all that kind of stuff. And I think that is probably where, like we're going through this kind of, we're probably in that spammy phase. <laughs> yeah. And I think now it needs to be dialed back where there's a fine line between spammy yeah and casting a net wide, but still having some sort of relevance. Yeah. And I think in, in the, I, I still think that the right method for thought leadership, if that's the kind of the strategy you're going after is to balance between having that like bait yeah. and having that thought leadership yeah. and using one to expose the other. Yeah. I think that's, that's the, the strategy I would look at. Yeah. Unfortunately, it's one based in reality. Yeah, <laughs> which is difficult, you know. Because I, I, I agree. you talked about your your brand, though, right? So you mm. talked about like having personal brand. How would you categorize brand Joe Glover? I try to say that. <laughs> which one's the laughing one? Yeah. That one. There we go. <laughs> um, I don't know. Like, I, I don't think it's. I don't think one can. Uh, the laughing track goes on for so long, doesn't it? Blimey. Uh, I don't think it's it's one that's necessarily... Be because I have aimed for substance for so long and, and will continue to, to do so, then hopefully the stuff that I put out is as nuanced as, as I am as a human being. You know, like, so... I, I don't think it's, it's necessarily... I haven't sat down with a positioning statement or indeed, like, a, a content matrix and said that I want to be known for these three things. I think that's actually probably a quite a good place for people to start with if they don't know mm -hmm. but I'm quite comfortable posting on these platforms and being quite honest and, and sort of sharing thoughts as they come to me I mean consistent themes that you may see from me because they're representative of me as a human you know is stuff like introversion and marketing and family life um, 
And these are all things that like I like and enjoy and therefore I post about. But I don't go, I don't sit down each day and sort of go, oh, you know what, this is going to fit into my introversion content pillar. Uh, so that's that's what I need to write about today. Um, you know, but but there is the curiosity that certainly like by acknowledging that one has to play the game a little bit more, then I can see stuff like folks posting pictures of advertising, you know, is something that seems to go really well, you know, uh, snarky social media posts by, you know, various brands, you know, in responses to their customers. Again, you know, something that seems to fly. Honestly, I, Ryanair's social now (laughs) has endeared me to the brand to no end. It's so funny. You know what's funny about it? I agreed with you up until a certain point which was when I went on EasyJet the other day and then I was that customer, you know, who, who was like, you know, wanted to tweet them or whatever like that. And then like, I was like, if I get a snarky response back to them, you know, back from them, I'm going to be so angry, <laughs> you know. So like, I, I like, I, I when I saw that window one, you know, where it was like I paid for a window seat and they sort of circled it. I, I saw it and I was like, yeah, that's hilarious. And then like a couple of weeks later, I was like, I am that customer and I would hate that so much. <laughs> so. But, I think, but I, I think the beauty of that though is you look at those and you're like, if I was a social media manager for Ryanair and yeah. I saw the constant barrage of shit that comes my way, yeah. that's how I would want to respond and just assume that I wouldn't be allowed yeah. to. But you're, you're, so, you're so bang on. And that's that's so interesting. But I think even there, there's like this homogenization of social media accounts by companies. You know, that every company has someone who's making snarky comments now to their... And Ryanair, the people that I think are doing it best because it's in line with everything else they're doing, which takes us back to this point about branding. You know, like it's consistent where they brand. Ryanair have always hated their customers, and therefore these 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 snarky comments. Do you remember when we tried to do stand up seats? <laughs> and like you know, it's, it's it's consistent. It makes sense, you know. And so like I'm always um, I'm a proponent for it in their case because they're doing it so well. I'm not a proponent of the marginalisation of like McDonald's like replying to someone who's complaining about their burger and saying you know go away you know and and eat it anyway I think that would be totally inappropriate and so I do worry you know because by chasing likes contrary to everything that I've said uh, you know it sort of brings us back to that place of marginalisation so it's such a difficult balance in in, in all of it it's just a balance it's really curious just a balance is a nice way to end up (laughs) thanks Joe always a pleasure thank you appreciate it thanks for listening everyone see you later everybody deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.